0: Dr. Thomas Slavin, Senior Vice President of Medical Affairs for Mirrored Oncology. Welcome to Inside the Genome. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Today we have with us Dr. Bill Harb. He is a board-certified general surgeon as well as a board-certified colorectal surgeon specializing in the treatment of diseases of the colon and rectum. He has really embraced hereditary genetics uh, throughout his career and developed a real love for it in his clinical practice and he works at the Colorectal Center in Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome to the podcast,
1: Dr. Harb. Thanks for having me, TJ. Nice to be with you.
0: You know, I think being a you know general surgeon and uh, you know specializing in colorectal, you know, having kind of a non-traditional path, a love for hereditary genetics, <laughs> and I know you've had specialized training in this field. I, I just thought if you could give people a little bit of a background about your day-to-day uh, and kind of how you got to where you are. Gosh, it was kind of a, a
1: long and fortuitous path, actually. Um, when I was doing my general surgery training, uh, I, knew I, I knew I wanted to do something past general surgery. For a long time, I thought that would be vascular surgery. And then when I actually got exposed to vascular surgery, I realized uh, it didn't really uh, light my fire so much. And I kept looking for something different. I initially thought I was going to do surgical oncology, which would leave me a practice where I was doing basically a little bit of all different kinds of cancers. And and then I realized that my personality was more suited towards something narrow rather than wide. And I had a mentor um, when I was doing my general surgery training in Memphis, who um, is still a mentor to this day and said, you know, you should think about colorectal. And and we really did not have much exposure to colorectal surgery when I was doing my general surgery training. And, mm. and so it was relatively late in my residency that i was exposed to colorectal surgery. Why do you think um, he said I that decided to go down that path. Um, yeah. it was an interesting conversation. I still remember it to this day. I said, you know, Dr. Ellis, I don't know what I want to do. And he said, Well, you know, you should do colorectal. You know, it's it's a good field. You do some you do some short cases like hemorrhoidectomies and those kind of things and some colonoscopies for screening for colorectal cancer. And then you do uh, you know, longer, more in depth procedures like colon cancer and rectal cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, I think you'd be good at it. And I said, well, you know, I did have three grandparents who had colon cancer. And he goes, well, there you go. (laughs) And so uh, the rest was kind of history. You know, I I really like learning about different things. My personality is that of a learner. So I set off down that path that's good and and what do you do
0: i mean describe your week uh, like monday through friday what's your what's your daily routine yeah
1: so i have three days of surgery a week Uh, i have two days of office Uh, my two days of office i'll anywhere from 20 to 30 patients a day um i see kind of a range of people with colorectal problems Uh, and then my three days of surgery during the week i'm basically operating doing what a colorectal surgeon does Um, i don't do as much colorectal cancer anymore uh, but I do uh, a lot of screening for colorectal cancer, and I do a lot of uh, more outpatient surgeries now.
0: And that, how have you worked that in over the years in your practice, the hereditary side?
1: That was kind of an interesting conversation too, because we didn't have much exposure. And so when I was when I I had a patient, I still remember at the VA, and and I was asking my attending, how do we how do we get him tested? And you know, we're talking about two thousand um, and three now. Tested for said, well, hereditary you know, cancer. Re- for a hereditary, yeah. I was concerned he mm-hmm. might have had Lynch syndrome. He was yeah. he was uh, in his yeah. 40s and had colon cancer, and I was concerned he might have had Lynch syndrome. Yeah. And in 2003, it was really hard to get somebody tested and getting it covered through VA administration. And, you know, testing took six weeks to get done, and you might get a result back, and it might tell you something, and it might not. Um, and there were only and a then, few genes. Uh, I mean, was,
0: that was when not even all the
1: genes were well understood. I think
0: that sure. was still MLH1 yeah, I mean, and it, MSH2. Uh, it,
1: FCAM was kind of a glint in somebody's eyes. And um, uh, I don't think MSH 6 was even being tested for then. And it was kind of the same story when I went to Pittsburgh to do my, my colorectal surgery training. It was still kind of the same story. Well, you know, it's really tough to get testing and nobody really offers that. And and then when I, I came here to Nashville in 2006, and I guess it was probably 2007 or 2008, and testing became uh, more readily available. Um, Myriad started. And they said, all you have to do is you know, send off a, a blood test. And I said, it's that easy? And they, and they said, yeah. And, I, and they said, we do all the insurance work. And I'm like, gosh, this is amazing. And so um, I started diagnosing people with Lynch syndrome and, um, and still have some of those original people that I, that I diagnosed in my, in my practice. Oh, started wow. testing patients uh, uh, for, my, for my partners as well um and just really took an interest in it you know um i think more than anything hereditary cancer testing just takes somebody who has an interest Uh, i think Mm -hmm. the idea that you have to know everything about every gene in order to test somebody uh, i don't really agree with that i mean you know if i if i if somebody has abdominal pain and i ordered a ct scan and it shows a a tumor in their kidney i don't know how to take care of that but i know who to send them to and so you know if i find a gene that i don't really know anything about then I send them to somebody who knows something about that. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, my wife says I have the most interesting patients. I think I just talk to my patients more. Uh, I've got all kinds of different stories about all kinds of different patients. And for instance, I had a, a young patient who came in basically with a skin abscess, and I'm looking through his family history, and it says mom had breast cancer. And I said, and he was like 17 at the time. So mom's sitting in the chair in the office with him. And I said, is that mom? And he says, yeah. And I said, so you've had breast cancer? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, you know, you really ought to get tested for that. Um, and so she comes back with him the next time. And she says, I need to talk to you in the hall. And I'm thinking, you know, we're not, your son doesn't have cancer. We don't need to talk in the hall. And she says, hey, I got tested and I'm positive. Wow. Um, and it's just, it's just those kind of stories that are just, you know, uh, for me, it really makes me feel good um, because I know that I've done something that somebody else didn't do or wasn't going to do. You know, I could have just as easily taken care of his skin abscess and never looked at his family history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who knows when mom would have had breast cancer or, or ovarian cancer. It, it it really brightens my day. It, uh, it's just yeah. something that I'm doing that's good that's helping somebody else.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, those uh, stories. Being a clinician myself, I mean, knowing that, uh, yeah, no, they are they are oddly few and far between where you can honestly say I really helped that person. But when when um, you know yeah, you, you know, know I mean, that you're the only I, person that probably would have helped them, it's really life changing.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. and over the years, you know, taking care of people with colon cancer and rectal cancer, and and you know, if I, you get you get people who say thanks, you saved my life, and I say, yeah. I really appreciate it. Um, but you know, deep down, I didn't really save your life. I was just guy sitting in the chair. But when you've done genetic testing uh, and you know that whoever would have been taking your place wouldn't have done it, right. then that's when you've saved a life. Yeah,
0: that's that's the thing. When you when you go a little bit outside of your you know day to day, and then uh, you know right. find something that really changed somebody's life, I agree. Right, well, that's good. Well how I mean you know you you have a lot of perspective to this I mean we were talking about you know early 2000s you went through your training you know kind of pre you know largely pre-testing things like that I mean, how have you really seen your field adapt to all of uh, this uh, new hereditary? And I mean, you know, now somatic is clearly a big part of all this. Um, you know, how ha- have you seen your-, your fellow colleagues take?
1: I, I still I still continue to believe that we have a long way to go. Um, I think I think a lot of my colleagues are more concerned with the surgical side of things rather than the, um, I guess, for lack of a better term, the whole patient side of things, Um I think there's still a lot of uh, passing the buck between medical oncology and primary care and surgery. You know, everybody thinks somebody else is doing the testing, but clearly, I do think we've made a lot of strides. Started doing routine tumor testing um, initially for colon cancer, and we were doing we're doing immunohistochemistry for for basically everybody now with colon cancer, um, and we're, we're we're definitely finding more patients with Lynch Lynch syndrome that way, um, and then as that continues we realize that it's not just um mismatch repair genes that um that are responsible for inherited colorectal cancer and so i think it, uh, it's progressing further into the point where at some point we'll get everybody tested
0: uh, yeah, yeah who has colon cancer yeah yeah i think that's uh probably inevitable i mean whether it's you know 20 years from now or 50 years from now but i think that's where we're headed <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I think that'll be the first step and then at some point I think it it gets to be the the point where everybody gets tested.
0: Yeah, cancer or not, you're saying?
1: Cancer or not, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that that is on the long-term likelihood list as well.
1: <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, that'll be yeah. that'll be good for everybody. Yeah. I mean, as you know, as you know, we're way behind diagnosing people just with Lynch syndrome, I think uh, 3% of people with colon cancer have Lynch syndrome and the the majority of people with Lynch syndrome have not yet been diagnosed. So I think we're, Mm -hmm. we're way behind.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think are some of the ways to, to increase this type of awareness? I mean, do you think it's an awareness to, you know, amongst clinicians or do you think it's just societal awareness?
1: I think part of it's societal. I think, um, the breast cancer groups have done a much better job than we have done on the colon cancer side. Um, as you know, the the majority of inherited cancer testing that's done is breast cancer. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're way behind as far as colon cancer. Uh, what we do to fix that, I think part of that is societal. I think part of that is uh direct to consumer awareness.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you think that's going to really, um, you know, overall genetics is become is going to become just routine part of clinical medicine?
1: I think it's, I think at some point it will, um, I think with all the precision tumor testing and, and, and more testing that happens like that, I think genetics will become more mainstream. Um, I don't see it happening just yet. I think it's a ways off. Yeah. 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 I
0: agree. I think uh, we're, we're headed in that direction though. Yeah. But
1: I just, uh, you know, I think the field of gastroenterology is really essential in this because they're doing the majority of the screening Mm -hmm. for uh, people with the family histories of colon cancer or who don't have colon cancer. And I think the GI community has not yet adopted genetic testing in, in the mainstream Despite it being yeah. in all their practice parameters, um, just like in the in the colorectal surgery practice parameters, and mm-hmm. I think once we can improve that, then we'll make some headway.
0: Yeah, I always myself try to wonder, you know, if if you're seeing people at the point of screening, why not, you know, really focus on the best risk stratification tools? I mean, any thoughts on, you know, why there hasn't been more of a, a push to integrate?
1: I think it's a time thing. I think it's a lack of understanding thing. Um, I mean, the majority of screening for the majority of screening for colorectal cancer is done uh, uh, basically in uh, in one day. You know, pa- patients aren't coming in for a for a pre uh, screening uh, office visit uh, like mm-hmm. they used to in the early days of colonoscopy. And so I think you know the gastroenterologist is meeting them and um, doing their colonoscopy, and then they leave. And and for, for a lot of them, there that's the the extent of the point of contact for them. And yeah. when we can improve that and um, and get more people in, the, in their facilities uh, responsible for it, then I think we'll have, we'll, we'll make a lot more headway.
0: Yeah. It seems like a general raising awareness, not only of the society, but yeah, have some uh, of the clinicians um, uh, will, will help this along. And I've clearly seen many excellent gastroenterologists that, um, you know, are, are really on top of family history and uh, absolutely working up patients appropriately. But yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that's, that's a kind of a key um, Hard if we can really get to the to where people are being screened, uh, you know, because that's what we're here for. I mean, we're trying to prevent cancer. We're not, you know, right. If you got cancer, the system failed to some extent if it could have been prevented.
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting, you know. Everybody, um, you know, every once in a while, there's a push to you know eliminate cancer, and it seems to me like the inherited breast ovarian cancer and the Lynch syndromes are kind of the that's the low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's the easy ones. We can identify those and screen those and we know that, that when they start when people with Lynch syndrome start getting their colonoscopies every year or two years, we know we do a great job decreasing their incidence of colorectal cancer. And so yeah. I think that's kind of the low-hanging fruit that's not been taken advantage of.
0: Yeah, and especially with some of the newer, you know, chemo prevention, not only for, you know, hereditary breast and ovarian cancer, but that's trickling into uh, you know, Lynch syndrome, uh, prevention right. for colorectal cancer with some of the uh, non-steroidals and aspirin. So yep. yeah, it's an exciting time. Yep. So
1: or, um, or just aspirin um, mm-hmm. by itself, yeah. Why do you think it's important for patients to know their risk? When I see people that I'm concerned may have uh, inher- an inherited colorectal cancer syndrome or Lynch syndrome or whichever syndrome it may be, when I start talking to them, about, you know, what needs to happen, you know, for instance, if I'm seeing a patient with a newly diagnosed colon cancer, and I'm, I'm telling them, you know, you well you need some blood work done today, we need to check your tumor markers, you need a CT scan, mm-hmm. so we can, you know, see if it's spread anywhere. And I think if you don't mention the testing for inherited syndromes, I, I think a lot of them kind of wonder, you know, is he even thinking about that? Or what's going on with that? Um, I can remember uh, one gentleman that I still see, who uh, after I after I told him he needed a CT scan, I said, you know, the other thing we need to talk about is uh, genetic testing. And he said, yeah, my, you know, my um, my gastroenterologist didn't even mention that. And my mom had colon cancer at age 38. I said, yeah, that's why I mentioned it. And so um, you know, I think I think a lot of times when when we don't mention it, the patients wonder um, why we don't mention it, and is it just being forgotten?
0: Yeah, that's a good point, point. and you know, patients are—it's on their mind. Yeah, and I think
1: why—why why me? Why did I get this cancer? Yeah, right. And I think um, you know, I, I go through my list of why they need tested. You know, well, you may need your your colonoscopy done more frequently, and you know, they say, well, yeah, I want to make sure you know nothing comes back, and I say, well, you know, if you're if you're a female, you may need your uterus and the ovaries removed, and you know, most of the time they'll say, well, I'm done having kids, you can you can take them and and I'll say, uh, well, and the other thing we need to find out is, you know, if you if you have something inherited, then we need to make sure that uh, and get your kids tested. And and almost without fail, their eyes light up and, and they say something like, that's what I really want to know. Because mm-hmm. at that point, they want to make sure that, you know, their kids don't get what they've had.
0: Yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I mean, you're are certainly an expert in your field. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think the the key of uh, today's discussion of anything is we got to raise awareness and it's got to come from, you know, probably both the societal and just uh, medical level, you know, coming together to really just help raise the bar across the population.
1: And diagnose more people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming
1: on. Thanks for having me.